Can I just say that like I am truly in like the equivalent to a reading slump with Attack on Titan. Like we have hit it and it's so hard. Because it feels like we have had some emotional dumping going on. And yeah, it's like hot and heavy. I don't know why I said hot. It's just heavy. That's it. <laughs> just um, yeah, but you know what? It's okay. Um, every time I see a video where people are talking about part two and how it's going to be even more sad, I'm like, what are you saying? I'm not emotionally prepared for this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, and I don't know if you saw this. They are talking about having... Going only up to, um, not chapter 30, chapter 100, chapter 30, I don't know. They're basically leaving the last four chapters of the last part of the manga, like, not done. So, I'm like, does this mean they're going to do a movie? Like, because y'all said this was the last season. And I hate that this is happening right now, but chances are we might get a movie after this. And I'm just like, you guys can take your sweet time. We all need to be emotionally recovered for this. That's all I'm saying. I don't know what. But also, don't be like Game of Thrones and everybody's pissed. Like that's. (sighs) Yeah, seriously. I mean, I like just barely started Game of Thrones, but. I'm, I'm like, y'all got, I already know that y'all got sloppy towards the end. So I'm almost discouraged from even like continuing, but. Okay. So here's the thing. Like I didn't dislike the season as much as everybody else did. Like there have been petitions of like people wanting it to be redone, but I'm like, I know it's not what we wanted, but this, this is how I am with books though too. It's like, it's not what we wanted, but does it make sense? Kind of. Yeah. Like the only. The only two petitions I will ever sign um, for entertainment purposes are that Wit redoes all of season four of Attack on Titan. Like, I will definitely sign that 100%. And that Noragami will get a season three. Like, where's the petition for that for me to sign? Um, But you also mean that you would sign a petition for Oran High School Host Club to also get more seasons as well. Yeah. Wait, did they not finish the series? Oh, well, then there you go. For you and to support you, I'm going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, hey, everyone. Um, That little banter. Sorry about that. But you know what? This is a little bit weebish podcast. We talk about anime and this is nothing new to you. This little back and forth. We're talking about little or not little. We're talking about Attack on Titan. And um, we are just emotionally unwell. And so let's support each other, you know, let's do a little powwow uh, because, yeah, this was hard to get through. So, yeah, yeah, it is what it is. Can I also just say that uh, I did not realize that we had hit the play button? (laughs) Oh, really? Oh, I just thought, you know, okay, well, we're vibing like, okay. (laughs) <laughs> um, so if you heard me sloshing around my Dr. Pepper, I am so sorry. And also the aggressive sniffing that I was doing. <laughs> so you know sorry. what? Through the through the magic of editing, I think it will be okay, but I'm not sure. Um, I will apologize to people. We had our false spring and then our false winter. And then today was amazing again. So I, my body's all kinds of sniffles. I've got a scratchy throat thanks to the seasonal change. So just bear with me. It's the weather. I can't help that I live in a state where I'm semi-allergic to it. So there there you go. Um, But yeah, Sam, let's just hop right into it. Um, Okay. So everyone knows that we are going to be talking about episodes 
9 and 10 today. And if you're counting up, that's 68 and 69. Um, episode 9 is titled Brave Volunteers. So let me refresh everyone's memories. So we learned what the scouts had been working on, which led to the attack on Marley. So three years prior, under the direction of now Commander Hanji, the scouts had taken out Marley ships that were sent to get intel on the Parody Devils and to hopefully get the Founding Titan. Now, Aaron, in his Titan form, would grab one of the soldiers from underneath, carry it to shore. There's this whole thing where Hanji greets them cheerfully, but not really, and, you know, says, hey, we're going to just have you do what we say because, you know, you're on our turf now. It's not great. And in this certain situation, this guy named Niccolo, he's being restrained by Levi, who's got a blade at, at his neck. So it's a whole thing. And the captain on the ship is like, absolutely not. I'm not going to listen to you. Well, then all of a sudden, a person on his crew shoots him point blank right in the head. I don't know if point blank was the correct terminology, but right through the head. Close <laughs> oh, right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Basically, it was shocking. Everyone was shocked. No one was expecting it. And turns out that this person's name, her name is Yelena, and some of her men were disguised as the crew. They overthrew the others um, who were, you know, under the deceased captain's orders. And Yelena was like, I want to talk to you. And so Hanji and Levi are like, okay, this is shocking. What? And <laughs> basically, they collaborate. They get the story on, you know, who these people are. They're the anti-Marlian volunteers. And over the next three years, we see how Yelena and this group and captured Marlians that they accrue over the years help the isolated Eldians progress through learning about the world and the different people in it, the food, the cuisine, the guns, the weaponry, the technology, and the advancements and all these things. It's like they're 100 years behind the rest of the world and they're finally getting caught up. And yeah. essentially we see all these things progress and we also see that some of the scouts have bonded with the Marlians and vice versa and some of them have actually put aside their prejudices. We also see the aftermath of Aaron's decision to attack the Marlians. And the like for example, the news spreads about Sasha being killed and the Niccolo, the man who had the blade to his neck from Levi, you know that same man, he ends up um, offering Sasha's family to have a meal because Sasha was the one who loved his food more than anyone. And Zeke is now on the island. He's in an isolated forest. Falco and Gabby, they're in jail. And Yelena's group is turned against um, now that Zeke is on the island. And Armin, he's retelling all of this to Annie, who is still in her crystal, and says, we've abandoned all hope for peace, but we didn't have a choice any more than the three of you did. And I thought that that was very beautiful. And there oh, you go. That ending, like, made me very teary feeling. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, this, the whole second half, I was a mess. I cried so much during this episode, probably more than Sasha, well, I did cry when Sasha died, but I just cried every freaking time. Like, Oh my gosh, it was just a mess. I was a mess. Anyway, <laughs> let's just get into it. Okay. <coughs> so, what I wanted to talk about today was something that we've actually touched on in episodes past, which I feel like when a show can recall and repeat themes in like very organic, and different ways it adds to the story. And for this instance, I wanted to talk about the value of human life again, which I know that we've touched on in the past, but we yeah. saw this beautiful interaction between Sasha and Anyan Capone, which 
kind of set me thinking about the rest of the episode. So there's a moment when Sasha and uh, she asks Onyon Capone why his skin is so dark, which I don't know if anyone's noticed up until this point, but there's not been a single black person um, in Attack on Titan up until we see Onyon Capone. And so Sasha very innocently asks him why that is the case. And he, I loved his response. He just said, because our creator thought that things would be more interesting if the world were occupied by different ki- by many kinds of people. I'd say that applies to you, subjects of Amir, as well. We exist because we were wanted. And I loved what he said, but especially that last line, we exist because we were wanted. Because imagine living in a world where you were seen as cattle or livestock to the Titans. And unfortunately to the Royals who were ruling over you and supposed to protect you, but were really in it for themselves, you would not feel important or wanted. And then you discover that there are people out in this world who you've never even met who just hate your existence without even knowing you or your family or anything you care about. But then these strangers come to you and relate to you that simply because you are here on this planet, that you are important, that you are wanted and valued and special. And, you know, that they didn't need to be anything other than themselves. And that was enough. And it kind of reminded me of when Aaron's mom, Carla, uh, you know, she saw this one guy who had that crush on her. We all remember Sadas. He acted like Professor Snape with Aaron. You know, <laughs> like when he Aaron was a baby, she said he's already great because he was born into this world. And it kind of echoed along those same veins, just that because you are here, you are important and you are valuable. Well, and I think how beautiful is it that Anyan Capone uh, was saying this to Sasha, somebody who's gone through this cycle, even within her own like scout troops mm-hmm. um, and through training of people trying to like make her change. Like she has always been the girl that has stolen food and regardless of receiving punishments for it, like she still was kind of that quirky girl and um like how beautiful for this conversation to be with her, somebody who has been tried, who is, who people have tried to force to change. If that makes sense. Oh, 100%. Because I remember back when they were in training, how Emir would give um, Sasha a hard time and be like, why are you pretending to be someone you're not? Why are you being so polite? Why are you being so nice? Just be the way you are. And she, and mm-hmm. Sasha's just like, um, this is who I am. I don't, I don't know what you mean. And just, you know, Sasha, that is a very good point that, you know, of all people, I think Sasha was, um, I guess the best one to ask that question. I really like that you yeah. brought that up. Um, yeah. the next thing that I wanted to say was the moment when Armin was retelling about, uh, the scouts, or the Eldians in general, working with the captured Marlians to help them build the port. You know, Armin said, but as we gradually set aside our labels that we have for one another and work to see each other as people, we can reach an understanding. And I love that he said that because these are the same Marlians. I mean, they're not part of Elena's group. They don't have a drop of Eldian blood in them. They are all part of the military, which means they are the same people who have grown up and gone through the ranks of treating Eldians, especially Eldian soldiers, like pawns, cattle, less than. We remember back how things were in episode one. And yet, Armin said that as they set aside their prejudices... They were able to see each other for who they really were, both sides. Um, 
and able to work together, which I think is pretty amazing. And of course, we know that not every single soldier happened, but we know that some did. And then lastly, there is the moment where uh, Niccolo, he is at Sasha's grave. And there's this exchange going on between uh, Niccolo, Connie, Jean, Mikasa a little bit, and Sasha's family. And there's this whole sweet exchange that is so tender. And because you see, Niccolo is mourning for Sasha. Connie and Jean. Seriously. And and Connie and Jean, they're stopping this MP from beating up Niccolo. And, you know, then they apologize to him for saying, we're sorry for not protecting her. And then Connie, or then Niccolo, takes the time to pause his own mourning to then ask Connie how he is feeling. And, you know, which I think that that shows such great empathy and compassion that you have for people. And, of course, then Niccolo, he offers to cook uh, for Sasha's family. And, you know, his father extends his hand to Niccolo. And you do none of these things when you hate someone. You do none of these things when you have hard feelings. But we can just see that in the short year span of time, we can see that there has truly been a bond created um, between, you know, people who were once seen as enemies. And so I think that this was just a beautiful moment of showing, you know, a person's humanity and just looking beyond our prejudices, looking beyond, you know, what we may have been grown up to believe and really seeing people for who they are um, and just seeing people in their humanity and that's all that's needed. I don't know. Do you have anything you'd like to add? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. This was just, it was a very, um, I think that this is, how do I want to say this? Um, okay, so we know at the end of this episode that Armin was is talking about peace to Annie and just saying, right. like, that we hoped for peace. And I think that they, at least at this point, they get a little glimpse of, like, if things were different what life could be like if they just had enough time. Right. And um, I think that that is, even though it is a nice little glimpse for everybody, I think that it is also kind of a, this is what we could have had. And now it's most likely not going to happen uh, moment. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like it's actually to me much more tragic Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, because then it makes you think like, I mean, what we know already with Aaron and just kind of going and doing his own thing, like it kind of makes you want to curse Aaron like a lot mm-hmm. for be acting rash. Um, right. because it, it's just so beautiful. Like right. we had... So many, so many things happened during this episode that showed that given enough time, there could be peace and camaraderie and that everybody could move past their previous prejudices. Um, Though there is the question of, is this just a small, you know, portion of people who just happened on being peaceful or uh, could this have also been reality? That is true, because we did see that Aaron, Armin, and Mikasa, when they were shooting at the range, that they kind of did have that conversation, you know, where Armin was thinking, you know what, I think that we should actually just talk to people, you know, let's Mm -hmm. show them who we are. And Aaron's like, no, there's not enough people to change anything. You know, we see that they have this, this conversation where it's like, yes, we've seen so much progress and look at so many people who want to be our ally. And yet, is it enough? Um, 
but yeah, kind of a bummer. But I do love that Attack on Titan reminds us in very different ways, good and bad, just the value of a person, the value of human life, you know, and that people are important no matter their status, you know. We see that echoed mm -hmm. throughout the show. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's move on to what we liked because we don't want too many bummers. So, yeah. Sam, why don't you just tell us what you liked first? Um, okay, so we, we just talked about, like, the scene at Sasha's grave. Um, mm -hmm. I just, I really, really enjoyed that. Um, you got to see... I just liked how everybody talked about her and then with Nicolo reaching out to her family, like, I don't think that he ever met her family and they never had met him. So they they didn't really understand like the relationship that Nicolo and uh, Sasha had. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, for him for him to do that was just beautiful. And just like the way that her family responded, which was also just kind of like quirky, like we don't have to pay for it. Right. Right. It's like, <laughs> like that. Oh, that's where Sasha got that from. Just a little reminder of like how Sasha kind of was. Um, oh, absolutely. And so I think that like um, they gave her a good death. Okay. Mm -hmm. I, I know that we had talked about Game of Thrones earlier, but like we all know <laughs> that lots of people have Game of Thrones. And um, when that eighth season came out, like we had a a pool running amongst our friends on who is going to die on which episodes. And then we would rank like their deaths on who got a good death and who didn't. And um, it, because it got to the point where the show was just so morbid that you just like kind of laughed off people's deaths. And I feel like that's what's happening in attack on Titan. Um, but I mm -hmm. feel like Isayama gave Sasha a good death and like a good exit out like gave her enough time gave enough mourners to show how good of a person that she was um and just like like people love Sasha they still do oh 100% so. in my mind she's not dead she was just you know the 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 cast member who just you know had to get killed <laughs> off a little too early um yes. we should have first two things one we should have done that the ranking of people's deaths <laughs> we should have done that um but also mini weave mini weave we'll do that yeah maybe yeah and but <laughs> the next thing though i noticed i don't know i didn't hit it hit me just now where basically this is the first like official graveyard we've seen right yeah because yeah. like when back in season one, we saw that the dead were collected and they were burned. None of them got a real burial. But I feel mm -hmm. like I feel like now it just feels so beautiful in a sad way that they've progressed so much and they are f more free than they were to where they can you know, properly say their goodbyes and let their people rest, you know? Yeah. I kind of yeah, just had that thought. Also, I'm just so glad that Sasha didn't die in volume nine of the manga series. That would have, <laughs> she would have died in season two. Like that just feels wrong to think about it. Oh, for um, sure. Okay. Now I loved, um, of course, the Levi one-liners where he's, where Hanji's being goofy and Levi just goes, he's saying he doesn't want to be part of your shitty skit. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I just love him so much. And then yeah. I just want to add, how dare Mappa make Pixis look like Megamind? Like, why did yeah. they do him so dirty by making his head look like megamind or a light bulb like this is a very bulbous <laughs> yes. yeah it's just offensive to look at but it's a... <laughs> but it's okay um well i didn't see any um any connections to past episodes did you 
No, not really. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm starting to think that maybe we need to, to take this out because I think as they're wrapping up, they're trying to uh, point more towards the present, like in the past three years. You know what I mean? I mean, maybe. Oh, oh wait, wait, maybe not. <laughs> because I, I did get a mental note or I did get something for your episode and I do have more to share about Sasha's death. Just not at this time. I know this feels like a good time to bring it up, but I, it's not a good time. Okay. (laughs) So I guess how about from now on, if we have it, we say it, but if we don't have anything, we just don't even say it and we move on. Sounds good. Okay, cool. I'll cut that. I'll cut that whole time. No, just keep it in. Why not? We're just making these decisions on the fly. Um, But yeah, Yeah. let's just move on. Part of the creative process. Exactly. Exactly. Now let I. But I think we're good to move on to episode ten. Okay, everybody, welcome back. We are going to be doing Attack on Titan Season 4, Episode 10, or if we're counting up, uh, Episode 69. Um, And the title for this episode is called A Sound Argument. Um, Can I just tell, uh, I I just want to tell everybody that... (laughs) Um, Okay, so we had some scheduling issues, like, with this past week. Like, number one, I said like epic migraines and then I was like uh I don't want to do it <laughs> and then <laughs> Megan had something with work so we pushed uh, it back like two times extra yes because um, Sam literally when we would have been recording the second time I had to buy shoes at Target because I had a thing at work that I had to be at in 7 30 in the morning on Wednesday <laughs> And I'm like, why do I leave things the last minute? Why am I so chaotic like this? Well, oh. I oh, I totally do that too. I mean, that's what I did today. I finished up this episode today and we're recording it right now. But um, I was just I saying like- just this. finished before we started. <laughs> so I'm not even judging. <laughs> but here's a couple of things that I want to throw out there because of this. Number one, uh, we just got the announcement- um, that Funimation was um, merging with Crunchyroll and that that had actually gone live. Um, oh, yeah. And of course, I was the stingy bookkeeper accountant that I am and prepaid so that it would be cheaper. Um, so I prepaid a year and now I'm like, oh man, I'm getting gypped. Um, but now that I know that that two month free code lasts for a year, I'm going to wait it out. But of course, because I'm being cheap... Funimation's, you know, app is not working super great. So when I originally tried to watch episode 10, it like glitched on me for like a half hour. No. And then by the time I got it, I got super, super pissed no. because of what happened in this episode. And that is also part of the reason why I just finished it today instead of like a week <laughs> and a half ago when we were originally going to um, record so, oh my gosh, yeah, that cracks me up. Oh my gosh, no judgment. <laughs> like I and and I will definitely um, air my grievances this episode. Um, as we know, um, Sam gets really angry sometimes at certain things and gets very passionate about it. And you're going to hear about it today. So Yay! let's just happen. <laughs> Megan's really really revved up about the Mappa versus Wit, and here I am about to rail about this freaking episode, because I was not happy. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. So it's a good thing, I guess, that I'm covering it, and this is, this is my episode. But yeah, let yeah. it out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's start with a summary. Uh, parody is making alliances with Zeke's Eldians and the His... Oh, gosh. And the Hizurus. Um, The whole episode is going back and forth between the past, the pre-alliances, and then the present after Aaron went rogue with his own plan. Um, So in the past, they were deciding whether or not that they should go with Zeke's plan, uh, where they would use the rumbling, which is the... There's like three different names for it that they've had. The rumbling, uh, what was it? The coordinate... 
the Isn't rumbling the rumbling is reference to having all of the titans within the walls and the ground unleashed upon the earth the rumbling gotcha. is what lord tiber was referring to in his little speech um gotcha okay. which i'm like very interesting that all of you people who are in different places would have the same word but whatever you know anyway so there's that oh okay so they're trying to figure out if they're going to use zeke's plan which is using the rumbling to scare the world into submission so that parody can create an empire that was current with the times so catching up a hundred years worth of um technology advancements yep exactly Mm -hmm. um so they're trying to scare the rest of the world to give them enough time to like get caught up and then give Historia the founding Titan ability. Um, that's, that's what they want to do. Pretty much. They want Historia to breed like crazy, to give them enough heirs, to give them options, yada, yada, yada. Yep. And um, so then there is... can, you know, pass on his Titan form, which is coming up in like two to three years. So I'm like, yeah, you're going to make a two year old take the beast Titan. This seems like a problematic yeah. plan. You sicko B word. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's like this, there's this second plan. And I, I'm going to label it as Hanji's plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because they were the person that articulated it the most. Right. Um, but Hanji's plan was where they would go and introduce themselves to other pe- world powers so that they weren't afraid. Um, this was like a big kind of undercurrent um, that the rest of the world was afraid of the Paradians. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Hanji said, let's introduce ourselves to everybody else. And that they would understand that parody truly, truly, truly wants peace. They're not there to wreak havoc. They're not the devils that everybody puts them out to be like. They are just people who have found out about what is happening Mm-hmm. recently <laughs> like, um, but um, we kind of jump back and forth between the past and the present like I was saying before but in the past Aaron stated that he wanted all of his friends to live long lives and so he wanted to protect them but the actions of Aaron in the present namely putting them in danger with his actions on attacking Marley proved to be the opposite of what he initially said and I would say also it completely makes Hanji's plan no longer an option because it's like well now y'all can't claim that you want peace because look at what happens like exactly way to go Aaron (laughs) so with all of that being said um there seemed to be a way that they decided to present this Mm -hmm. episode and I feel like the best theme that I could come up with was politics Mm-hmm. Um, the way that they decided to show us this episode was through debates politically. You have different people coming to visit Parody um, to present like their alliance. You also see um, just the way that um, the Hizurus are talking to the Paradians and the Paradians talking to the Hiz- to the Hizurus, and then the way that uh, both of those sides are also talking to Zeke's Eldian people as well. Right. So um, the first one that I wanted to talk about, um, I kind of wanted to break down each of these two plans that were being shared, right? Right. Um, And kind of chat in the way of pros and cons, I guess. Um, and how people were viewing them throughout the episode. So the first one that I wanted to talk about was Zeke's plan. Um, I would say that through the eyes of a lot of the Paradians that we're seeing that Zeke's plan is just very pessimistic. And it's also the one where they are going to be losing that, that they are going to be losing people that they love. Um, Mm -hmm. And let's kind of talk about why. So Zeke's plan, we'll say this again, um, was to use the rumbling to scare the rest of the world into submission and ally with his, the Hizurus. Um, He thought that between the Marley and Eldians, the Paradians and the Hizurus, that they could come up with a really great alliance that would force the rest of the world to kind of bow down to them. Right. Um, 
the Hizurus are, uh, I, I, from what I gathered, they're, they have a monopoly on quite a few resources that a lot of the rest of the world needs. Um, and with the past of the, um, the royal bloodline and the, oh, what are they called? Um, like the ice burst stones? Well, it's it's what they called, shoot, what they called the Azumbitos, which is the lineage that Mikasa, Mikasa's oh, people had. yes. For some reason, I thought you were talking about, like, the resources that they made. Yes. Let me no, see the name. Yeah. Uh, yes, the Azumbito. Uh, oh, wait. Azumabito. That's the last name. Azumabito. Okay. Mm-hmm. There we go. Azumabitos. I just wrote it wrong. Um, so, the... We're also learning that the Azumabitos <laughs> and the royal bloodline um, were very close in the past. Um, and so it felt like, oh, this was a rejoining of those two people. Right. Um, it was a strong alliance, a strong bond before this can work moving forward. Um, then we see that uh, Zeke's plan is to continue using the Titan powers to control and show dominance. Um, which also means that they are going to continue to use what I feel like the Paradians kind of view as barbaric. Um, the mm-hmm. barbaric practice of passing down the Titan powers through the royal family. So you eat your predecessor. Well, and um, also they just overthrew, like they just had a coup to overthrow that, to stop that practice. So it's like, exactly. well, where did the progress go there? You know? Exactly. Like you've been preaching to the people behind the wall that things are going to change. And now Zeke's plan very much hinges upon continuing that practice and continuing this reliance on the Titan scare tactic. Right. And we know Um, through Aaron and his memories, which I feel like he has conveyed to the scouts, that the whole reason why... Aaron is able to do whatever he wants and society is able to move like progress is because the Royals who inherit the founding Titan always make their people submissive, always wipe their memory, Mm -hmm. make the slate clean. And so it's like, because this is something that's happened for eons upon eons since King Fritz, this is most likely going to happen. It's like Zeke, there is this major flaw. In your plan. Yeah. Sir. Yep. Anyway, sorry. Exactly. This is, this is your spiel. Why am I getting heated? <laughs> no, I, I, no, but the thing is, is that you're bringing in key points that support, right? Like you're, you're bringing back kind of like bridge to past episodes uh, during the theme part. So I, I do appreciate that. Oh, well, there we go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is why we do the podcast together. I can't catch everything. You just kind of like. Exactly. It's kind of like uh, between my brother and I, we know everything. Kind of a joke. Um, oh man, we are geniuses <laughs> then between the two of us. <laughs> um, so the next point that Zeke's plan is is requiring Historia to take the founding Titan ability slash his uh, because she has the royal blood. Right. And get pregnant with as many children as possible to give them lots of options to inherit the Titan abilities. Hmm. Jeez. Like, and Historia is just like, yes, I will do this. Well, and we also saw a bunch of the older military men being like, pregnancy is a really big risk. So we don't know how the world is in terms of childcare, but we know they're 100 years behind. So I imagine that their ability to give birth is still a very scary, big risk. And apparently Historia yeah. is supposed to have like 12 children like yeah whoa (laughs) that's crazy like i've had two and that's that's a story we don't need to share (laughs) (laughs) yes it's beautiful it's beautiful but it's also yes okay moving on (laughs) um um and then um the good part of this, I feel like I've done a lot of negatives for Zeke's plan, but I feel like the positive very much kind of like counterbalances, but it gives all Eldians a safe place to live and thrive, capitalizing on their devil's nature. 
yes, it puts them in a bad light, but it allows them to live safely because they have scared everybody else into submission at the cost of the people who are being the Titans, I guess. It, it falls into that one Michael Scott question, like, would I rather be feared or would I rather be loved? The answer is both, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. I obviously don't watch The Office, so I butchered that quote, but that's basically what's going down right here. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, so then there's Hanji's plan. Um, Hanji's plan is have the scouts be ambassadors because that's kind of, they're like the people who go out and make things safe for everybody else. Um, so have the scouts be ambassadors on behalf of parody and show the other world powers that they just want to live peacefully and equally. Um, which sounds very optimistic, like for people who have been beat down over and over and over again, like this is a very, very optimistic plan to put forth um hanji says says a couple different things and okay i know that aaron like in you know when they're jumping in the past aaron's like we need to try to thrive for peace and really pushing for it so that his friends can be safe the reason why i'm not calling it aaron's plan is because he doesn't stick to it (laughs) clearly right um and Hanji's the one that appears most trying to push throughout the episode um, this plan of peace, or at least that's what it's shown. Shown. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, it relies on other world powers cooperation and a change of heart. So you're you're putting a lot of your eggs in the basket of somebody else's actions, right? right. Um, hopefully they will believe you. Hopefully they won't stab you in the back hopefully they will support you okay so the next point that i wanted to make is um this would allow them to stop the barbaric tradition of passing along the titan abilities like hanji does not want to rely upon um having to pass down these powers through eating your predecessor um and then also just no longer relying on the titan's powers to begin with Um, then there's this Historia wouldn't have to sacrifice her life or her progeny. Um, Mm -hmm. because, and, and you might think like, oh, she's not really sacrificing their lives, but yes, you're sacrificing the rest of their lives. They will have 13 years after they receive the Titan ability. If that, if they're not eaten or hurt and then they will be dead. So like they're sacrificing at least a portion of their lives. um, If they take on this Titan ability, like we actually have Aaron say at one point during this episode, I only have five more years left and it's just thrown out there willy nilly. Like I have come to terms with this and that's okay. And there's more like Hanji wants more. For these people. She doesn't want people to have to sacrifice to keep this big power. Um, Then. um, um, They. Some of the bad things about this is uh, bad about Hanji's plan is that it's kind of. I mean, I guess this is kind of with both of the plans that it's a bad idea, but other power world powers taking advantage of their ice burst ice burst stone resource right um they're they're trying to use what they power the odm gear as kind of like this bargaining tool since they're the only ones who have it um and i feel like i guess both of the plans kind of rely on this um though they already know that with zeke's plan it would be with the hizuru's Right. Um, but yeah, just just not really knowing or having a, anybody vouch for these other world powers that want to use it. Right. Well, I can only imagine how stressful it would be to realize you have this incredible resource and then realize, holy crap, there's a whole world out there where people would want this. And then feeling mm-hmm. like 
bombarded with people who want to work with you and maybe you're getting taken advantage of. Okay, what happens if all these people come? Like, this really can open up a whole can of worms that might be not worth it, you know, going if if they do form those alliances. Yeah. Um, The last part, which I feel like is somewhat important is the Hizuru said that, that if the Paradians decided to go with Hanji's plan, that they would not help. They would not ally with them. Um, it seems that um, uh, they're the monopoly owner of a lot of the resources that Paradis needs. And if Paradis was going to try to go to other power, world powers to try to get those resources to kind of broker peace um, that that just doesn't work out for the Hizurus. Um, So, you know, that kind of leg that they were hoping that would back them is just not going to, to fly with that. Right. Um, and then my last point, and I know that I said that there were two plans, but then we get thrown Aaron's little plan question mark. Like I put Aaron's plan question mark. <laughs> like we still don't know what his real plan was at all when he invaded Marley. Um, it seems that he is aligned with Zeke since Zeke is still alive. So what do we know about like, if people saw what I was doing while doing this podcast, they, I'm a big hand gesture. Um, it's the Italian that's coming out. out. You know, it's like, yeah. you can't <laughs> help it. <laughs> exactly. I am very Italian in that way. Um, but originally, Aaron wanted his friends to be protected, but he willingly used them and their abilities to take out Marley. Uh, that's something that Jean points out during the episode. And he's like, so if he wants to protect you so much, like he did before, why is he allowing you to kind of throw yourself into battle the way that you did? Which yep. is something that we talked about a couple episodes ago. Yeah. Um, also, his methods were not peaceful and cost a lot of lives. Like, innocent children and bystanders. Sasha, who, by the way, he laughed when he heard that she died, by the way. Uh, what is up with that? Yeah. Seriously. Um, then, does he care that his story is pregnant? And starting her line of successors to continue the Titan line. Um, That's something that Jean also brought up. Like, does he even care anymore? Like, he's going and kind of going against what she's already put in motion. Like, she's already pregnant. She's trying to produce the heirs for the Zeke plan. But he's like, he's just going out of order, I guess is what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. And does he realize that he forced others into his plan, hijacking them and parody and not giving them a choice? Like that doesn't seem very peaceful for either side. Right. And again, it's, he did something so drastic that they can't, they only have one direction now. They no longer have any choices. They can't backtrack and say, yep, we're going on a world tour to talk about how peaceful we are. Nope. Because Aaron made sure that that, would never happen <laughs> with his plan. Exactly. exactly. Um, so let's move on to what we liked. And that's when I'll start. I'll talk very quickly about what I disliked about this. But let's start oh. with what you liked. Okay. Well, I'm just going to... Well, I need to talk about the one thing that I liked and then another thing that I did not like. So, but the thing that I liked, even though we have this as the what we like section. Anyway. I did, okay, wow, I'm rambling. I did not like that Aaron was such an a-hole and grabbed at Hanji and pulled her when he was in jail. I wanted to freaking kick him in the face. But I did like how when she got free, she just was like, ever the rebellious teen, grow up, idiot. Like, such a Hanji thing, and it just... I feel so bad for her. I want to give her a freaking hug. But I feel like she made the mo- the best decision she possibly could in her very Hanji way. And so yeah. I just, I like that even though tensions are a lot higher, she's still holding on to the person that we love her to be. So Yeah. 
That's true. Okay. What about you? Well, we'll get the what we likes out of the way because I need to touch on one thing. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So I had two really quick things that I liked. Um, I loved seeing everyone's reasons for being the one to inherit the attack Titan and seeing that Aaron didn't want to give them up because he loved them or give it to them because he loved them. Um, all of their reasonings were very much in character and the bickering back and forth was very much in character. And it was just like, so great. Well, and I love I how it. he's saying like, I love you guys. And meanwhile, Armin's probably like, um, I, you gave me the Titan man. Like, yeah. What does that make me? Anyway. Oh, well, he was doing that trying to save Armin's life. Like, I mean, I know, but still. <laughs> he would, yeah, no, for sure. Um, and then the last thing that I liked is I enjoyed Levi's comments of saying, and I'm glad that they addressed this because they're drastically different in height in this oh season. Oh my gosh, it kills me. Um, but Levi says, you brats got taller. It's like you're sprouting up to spite me. <laughs> and you see him standing next to Connie and there's like a good foot. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> It is so unfortunate to be Levi, but you know what? He's 6'2", and he's on my simp list, which no short person has ever done that except for one person in real life, so good for Levi. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I've always thought about that. I was like, for somebody who, like, during dating... Because we dated at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember very high on your list was um, that man had to be taller than you because you were a tall person yourself. I know. Um, I... And then it, and just seeing you simp after Levi, who is canonically <laughs> very, very short and would be much shorter than you in real life. is just very funny to me. You know what? In the words of my white grandma, when you're horizontal, things like height don't matter. Oh, <laughs> yeah. My white grandma said that when she was telling me to get unmatched. Oh my gosh. You guys, Sam has covered her face in her sweatshirt. I think she's blushing. <laughs> yeah. When I was single, my grandma would say, go on to match.com and, you know, quit being picky about things like height. Because, yeah, when you're horizontal, things like height don't matter. Nope. Yeah, that's my white grandma, everyone. But um Yeah, now I'm with my husband who's six seven. Anyway. Yeah. Um (laughs) that was so inappropriate. But can I just say the thing that I didn't like? Just bring it Okay, and I think that they might be the same. Oh my gosh. Okay. Is it Mikasa's crest? Yes. Oh my gosh. Why does it feel like that just is like plopped in the story suddenly to make some big thing? And it's like, who the hell would put a secret crest that's supposed to be kept a secret, well, secret crest on the outside of your wrist towards the, like right at the base where your hand is? Like that makes no sense for a hidden crest. There are tramp stamps. <laughs> right, you give your 11-year-old a tramp stamp. No, but like why not on the inner arm? Why not on the bicep? Why not on you know a ch- the chest where your shirt would be covering or your neck? Like, oh my gosh, there are a million yeah. way- places to put this thing on your inner thigh. Like but on the outside of your wrist that's supposedly to be kept secret and also that well, we magically okay. never saw up until now? Okay. Yes. That is what I have problem with most. And where is this conversation where she told Aaron about it? Like, if we're going to keep talking about that multiple times, why didn't we see that earlier? That's what bugs me. That's... that feels like a oh I have to create this really really quick so that these two storylines line up right well that's what makes me mad and she's like oh I always had it covered up and I'm like girl no you didn't 
no, you didn't. No. And I even typed this up to see, like, I don't recall her ever having her, like, her wrists always covered. I don't recall that. And I guess there's something on Reddit where it's like, well, Wit Studios messed up because in the manga, she does have her wrists covered, but... It's only now in season two where it is covered because Mappa corrected it. I'm like, Mappa also had all this stuff and it was part of the, the storyline. Um, but anyway, I did grab three random manga and I will just say they are not wrapped. Aside from the fact that Mikasa wears long sleeve shirts... You don't mm-hmm. see any sort of wrapping. And I mean, your shirt goes up a little bit, you know? So yeah. it's like, you still would have seen that stupid secret crest, you know? Just by There's having long shirts. Have tattoos near the wrist. Right. Like, this is not... It's two and a half... No, three inches from my actual wrist, which is pretty high up. Yes. And even with, like, my long sleeve shirt, if I raise my hands... It, it shows. Right. And like, I like scanned and I was like, okay, she's wearing a, a shirt, but there's nothing that looks like it, there's a wrapping underneath. So I'm like, okay. And then there was a scene where she was a little kid and she was wearing a short sleeve shirt. But unfortunately, like her arm, it, you could see her elbow, but nothing else. So I was yeah. like, okay, I think that this is garbage. I feel like this. Yeah. I feel like Attack on Titan did so many amazing, like foreshadowing things that were laid out so well and thought out great. But this, I'm like, this is where I I dip out. Like, I don't believe that this was originally part of the plan. You know. See, okay. So here's the thing. I, oh, go ahead. Oh no, just. Again, the stupid family crest that's supposed to be secret, but on the outside of your wrist. Come on. Come on. <laughs> um, so I feel like a really good example of this. Okay, so I feel like this is kind of terrible writing. And I, because I haven't read the manga, I don't know if it's Isayama's fault or if it's the writers for the show. Right. But a really good example is we had to wait three dang seasons <laughs> to figure out where that effing key went. <laughs> we saw it episode one or two of season one, and then we didn't have anything done with it until season three. Oh, freaking hate. You had to wait that long, and we had to have it prepped from the beginning to have that key. Why didn't we see that conversation with Aaron? Like right. early on, like, you yeah, got this little tattoo, gotta cover it up. Like, right. why didn't we get that? Like I, I I think that it was terrible writing on whoever's whoever's fault it was, it was terrible. Oh, or even like some background shot, like a little segment yeah. where she's wrapping her wrist. Like come on, there it doesn't take plenty of And it could have even And it could have even been earlier in the season. Like we know that they map out their episodes um to to do everything like they could have even shown like in the first episode that Mikasa was in in this fourth season wrapping up her wrist even though like we hadn't seen it before just doing that little bit of prep work and somebody taking note of it right to make it seem like she's been doing this forever like to trick us that this is something natural Exactly. And they just, it just seemed very thrown in there. I hated it. It made me oh, so much. Oh my gosh. That is what made me stop watching this episode a week and a half ago because I saw that <laughs> and I almost checked my freaking remote at the TV and I threw my phone down and was like, I can't do this. Right. I've already because- been frustrated with the app. I'm throwing my phone down. <laughs> Well, see, here's the thing, because I'm okay with, like, this secret family connection where, oh my gosh, you're, like, our, you're part of this royal family, which I want to, now that we're talking about secret fam, not secret, but long-lost families with, you know, royal lineage, if anyone in Japan knows any Fujihiras, 
tell them to write in to littlebitweebish.gmail.com because you're my long lost relative, the Fujihira family. And apparently it's very rare. But anyway, I'm cool with that storyline. Like, I want that. You know, the reconnecting and all this stuff. Because we know about Mikasa's family history where, you know, her people were prosecuted on the Ackerman side and on her mom's side. But it's just the part about the stupid family crest that's supposed to be so important that her mom was just like, I carved this into your hand. Ow. But also, when you have children, you need to do the same thing. Like, how come we're just finding all of this now? Like, they could have even had Mikasa's hand be carved into or have this side conversation when we met Mikasa's parents, you know, right before she met Aaron. Like, that would have been so freaking cool to be like, whoa, that's what they're talking about. But no, we get this, like dropped on us uh anyway i'm glad that we had the same moment we can move on (laughs) Uh, let's move to bridge to past episodes megan it looks like you have something so why don't you go ahead and share yes i did catch something so remember when everyone was being introduced uh to kiyomi azumabito i hopefully i said that right I feel like I said that very country with a twang. Um, I'm I'm blaming my allergies right now. But we actually first met her at the gala and the performance with Lord Tiber. I don't know if you made that connection, but she had gone backstage to wish him luck. And then she suddenly left. She did not say for the performance. She told her bodyguard people to be like, all right, now we're leaving. Which... I don't know if anyone else thought, that's weird. Why would you not stay for your friend's performance? Why would you do all this to say, like, hi, I'm showing you my face to make it look like I'm here, but I'm actually leaving? Well, now you know. She knew the plan because that's what Zeke said was going to go down. And she didn't warn her friend Willie or anyone. Of course, she had those money motivations, but still. If any of you thought, oh, this sweet Asian lady, how nice. Look at what she did to Udo. You know, what a sweet lady. Oh, this is so nice. She's telling her friend good luck. That's weird. Why is she leaving? Well, now you know. It's because she was in alliance with Zeke way before all this went down. There you go. That's my bridge. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I didn't think about that. I'm glad you did. Yeah. But man. <laughs> I know. That's why we need to keep oh, this segment in true. as a just in case for those exact <laughs> moments. <laughs> okay. Um, I didn't have anything to bridge to past episodes, but um, let's move on to MVP. Um, for me, I decided that I wanted to vote for Hanji. Um, I felt like they were the best candidate for the past two episodes because they were trying to come up with alternative solutions to the one that Zeke put forth. Um, Not just, not because I think necessarily that Zeke's is a terrible plan, even though I do (laughs) not like it very much. Um, But it's always, it it seems like something that Hanji or or even Commander Irvin would do to come up with multiple plans in case something else fails. Right. Um, So I feel like they're putting forth a lot of effort in trying to, um lead the scouts in um a strong way um it might be too optimistic but it's worth a try for sure um right i feel like they could definitely put forth some effort to have i mean they could have um for peace and then if like that didn't work then they could go with seek's plan um but i think that they were the only one who was going through the effort to try to to understand why aaron did what he did um Not that his friends weren't trying to do the same, but Hanji was doing it from a perspective that didn't have bias as, um, as they would typically do with other experiments. So they were trying to have, like Hanji was trying to have an outside perspective, really trying to understand and ask like very thought provoking questions, um, for Aaron to explain, like, I'm not here. I'm not coming down here to judge you. I just want to know. I want to, to, 
to think about what you have done. Um, and I think that Aaron kind of screwed the pooch and uh, Hanji was just trying to do their best. Yeah. Oh, geez. Seriously. I feel so bad for Hanji. Um, you know what? I think that I'm going to also vote for Hanji because you can see what's been going on that everything that she has been, um, I guess forced to deal with, <laughs> uh, because Ervin died, she is now commander and you can see that she has had to be the forefront in... Mm capturing the Marleyans, making sure that they progress as society, you know, how she's going to deal with interacting with the world, um, trying to come up with the best plan. I also think that, just going back on what you said, I love how her plan, uh, you know, and her feelings towards passing on the Titans and Historia, I love that her plan essentially is I don't want people to be forced to to be a puppet. I don't want people to be forced into a role that they don't want to be in. I think that's the one of the big takeaways of her plan. And I just, I feel bad because when she gets really bummed, there's a point when she says, Ervin, you picked the wrong horse. And I'm yeah. like, no, Hanji, you are the best most brilliant person there of course he did the right thing but I can imagine how stressful it would be to feel like you're playing catch up with the world and so yeah. I I have to give it to Hanji for being an awesome commander way to go yeah definitely Ugh. okay well everybody <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I'm glad that we ended on a note and kind of praising, um, one person for their diligence. Um, I, that, I, that's what makes me happy about doing the MVPs because no matter how sad, um, the episodes that we cover are, um, we're able to most of the time, like 90% of the time, find somebody who is trying to achieve, something worthy of note, um, or, or does something that, um, that is just good in general. Um, and so I'm glad that we, we do this, but, um, we just wanted to wrap it up and just remind you, um, that next week we will be covering episodes 11 and 12 or 70 and 71. Correct. There we go. Yes. Sorry guys. <laughs> I always have to like do it in my brain. It's the numbers. Um, but those are yeah, exactly. It's the numbers. Um, but yeah, those are the two episodes that we will be covering next week. We want to thank you so much for listening to us. And we just wanted to remind you that if there's anything that we missed or anything that you wanted to continue to talk about, we are more than happy to uh, chat with you about them. Um, you can reach out to us via email at littlebitweebish at gmail.com, or you can reach out to us in our DMs, in comments, um, anything like that on our Instagram and TikTok. Our handle for that is at little bit weebish. Um, and uh, yeah, I feel like we're getting closer to um, the end of part one. And um, that's really, really exciting because then we can hop into recently released coverage. So. I know. And we'll finally know what those spoilers are talking about. <laughs> if you're me getting <laughs> spoiled all the time. <laughs> okay well everybody thank you so much for listening to us you guys are the best bye